0: Welcome to the 20th episode of Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. So what are we smoking today, Nate? Oh man, you're going to make me pronounce it. Uh, This is the Rocky Patel Edge Fuma, uh, which is, as Mike tells me, made up of not the prime cuts of the tobacco, but maybe the leftovers.
1: It's a filler. Yep. It's a filler. So, it's not. I mean, it's uh, not
0: like not. It's not tobacco that hasn't passed their grading scale. It's just they use the full thing to make the 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 edge, yes. and then they put the rest of it into the the fuma. Uh, yes. So it might not be. I mean, we're going to find out. It may or may not taste the same as the cigar we smoked last episode. Right. Uh, and but, anybody but we'll who's see. interested,
1: you should uh, look up the lore of the fuma. It's kind of like a. Fuma, Fuma, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, It's kind of an interesting, like, uh, cigar factory lore sort of thing. Kind of like the beginning of a cigarette. Uh,
0: Well, and I will say as I'm I'm wetting the end here, uh, the wrapper tastes different than the one we just previously smoked uh, because I got some spice off of the other wrapper. And this one, I think, is a little bit lighter
1: Uh, It has a slightly lighter color as well. Slightly
0: lighter. Not drastically, but slightly lighter. Yes.
1: I was going to do a straight cut, but maybe I'll do a cross cut on this as well. I can't find my cutter.
0: Might as as well compare apples to apples. Or apples to fumas.
1: Yes. And I'm a, I don't know, B-cut guy.
0: Can you believe we've done 20 episodes?
1: I can, because we've done one every week, pretty much, so... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can believe it, because the numbers do not lie. Um, it doesn't feel like 20, though.
1: No, I like it, because uh, it gives us an excuse to bullshit for, you know, an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, a and we only moderately... Smoke a cigar at
1: least once a week.
0: <laughs> yes, and we only moderately have to watch our fucking language. Mm-hmm. This one is not as intense... Um, the first few puffs as the last one, I can tell that right off the bat.
1: No, it is not it's sweeter too. Yeah, you get a nice initially, you know, the nice sweetness, which is good. I like. It. I have a, I have a twenty of these. By the okay. way, if you so like hopefully,
0: them, so hopefully, hopefully you like it too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm a big fan of smoking a cigar while I uh, mow the lawn.
0: Yeah. So.
1: I get a lot of cheap... Well, these aren't really cheap. They are cheap. They're not super expensive. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, the, Just, the Fumas are going to be cheaper than the Edges. hmm
1: Well, initially, I like it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's I'd, lighter. I'd, yeah.
1: It's uh got a more interesting flavor profile, in my opinion.
0: I think so, too. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We shall see. So, we're going to talk about uh, Free Britney, but not Britney Spears from her conservatorship. Uh, we're talking about the WNBA star player uh, that's kind of captured the national media attention. Britney, uh, because is there was, really a
1: hashtag, Free Britney?
0: Not not for the WNBA star, but when oh, okay. Britney Spears is trying to get out of her abusive um, conservatorship. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a big Free Britney movement and, and all of that, and she finally got out of that. And I think he's now being like held liable for all the shit that he pulled. His or her dad. Um,
1: oh, okay. Yeah, it was kind of weird when I when I heard about that. I thought that was pretty bizarre.
0: It's a weird um, it's a weird legal thing that you can do to people. Like you can like force them into like a conservatorship against their will, even. Um, so that that might be a whole other episode. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Of, uh, you know, uh, but I'm not about that. And uh, But we're not talking about that anyway. We're going to talk about how to smuggle marijuana into Russia or how not to.
1: Yes, how not to. That's a great way to put it.
0: So, and I think uh, you were telling me you're of two minds. Um, yes. About yes, the Brittany Grenier situation. And I feel like I'm more of, of one mind, but... Uh, I hope you are able to convert me or give me enough things to think about uh, where I maybe have like a mind and a half about it. Sure.
1: So I will start, I guess, the conversation. Uh, People are getting very emotional about Brittany Griner being sentenced to a, a pretty harsh prison sentence for something that is in many parts of the United States but not all a fairly minor offense if it's even against the law. Now, well, and and a lot of times in the United it, States. Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead Nate.
0: Oh, I was just going to say like even if it's against the law in the United States, like the the social and cultural stigmas around it are mostly gone, so Even if it's against the law, the chances that the local police force is going to actually do anything other than just take it and throw it away and send you on your way. Right. Pretty slim. Uh,
1: In the United States, it is a felony to bring marijuana onto a plane of any kind. Uh, Yeah, I've I've never done that. I've never done it either. But I know that it's a felony. So, uh, and I don't know what you would actually get sentenced. It probably would get thrown out. Who knows? But I know... Oh, go
0: ahead. Go ahead. Let's clarify. The TSA, their job is not to search for drugs. It's to search for things, weapons, that will take down a plane. So if they find drugs and try and do something to you other than confiscate them and throw them away, uh, you have a pretty strong court case, at least the last time I kind of did research on it. Uh, to get all of that kind of wiped out because that's not in the perusal, just like the EPA apparently can't regulate things. Uh, the TSA part of their mission statement is not to search for illicit drugs.
1: Yes. Um, but it is nonetheless a felony. So there we go. Uh, I know one person who has a felony for marijuana possession and he served a year in jail as a part okay. of a felony conviction. Uh and they charged him with drug trafficking because he was on a border town with that state where yep. it's a felony to have marijuana. So and he served prison time. Just a standard dude. And he's yeah. a lifetime felon now. Uh I have another friend who got caught with a bat box. And in the the area we were at, uh a bat box was considered a felony. There, small
0: possession okay. was
1: a uh, misdemeanor, but a bat box was considered
0: intent to distribute. And so, and just he, to, he just got to got be clear, uh, okay. Go ahead. So, a bat box—that's that's the thing with like the, it's a the little like wooden pocket box, then you fill like one yeah, side with, box or, uh, with the weed, like the money box. It's the definition of personal use. Yeah, it's
1: just a money box. You know, it's like a little wooden dugout. You pack a small amount and, you know, maybe an eighth. And then you have a one-hitter stash. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure we are on the same page. It was my bat box that he had borrowed to go to a concert or something. And then he got searched by a cop illegally and they charged him with a felony for it. And he got dropped uh, almost immediately. Uh, He did go to jail. And they, they did drop it. But in the United States, certain states, again, we live in an empire, and every yep. state's kind of their own territory, and they have all have their own marijuana laws. So in portions of the United States, having marijuana is a felony, and crossing a border is considered uh, drug trafficking. Okay. So if you or I were to, say, go to Colorado and pick up some marijuana for personal use, not that they would ever do such a thing. And bring it but back also, to Minnesota. Not that
0: we would ever not do such a thing.
1: Right. And if we were to get pulled over in the state of North Dakota with Minnesota plates, they would consider it drug trafficking there and we'd be charged with a felony. Uh and that's just the way it is there. Yeah. And a lot of the western rural, you know, Republican states have very harsh marijuana laws. Yeah. Uh and they do convict on that. Absolutely. They will convict you. Uh, and you will go to prison and you will have a felony with all the negative things associated with having a felony. You know, you're not even allowed to have certain professional licenses in the United States if you have a felony.
0: Uh, Yeah. And you can't, if you're a felon, you can't vote, right? Uh,
1: you cannot vote. You cannot own a firearm. Uh, you can go hunting, but you can't own a firearm. Uh, Interesting. There's a lot of loop, a lot of interesting things you have to put up with, with a felony from a marijuana charge. Yeah. Uh, so the Brittany Griner thing, uh, I'm of two minds because I don't agree with marijuana being illegal. However, yes. uh, the United States government has no position or is in no position to say that they're being harsh or whatever charging her with, uh, trafficking because we as citizens here get charged with drug trafficking constantly for personal use marijuana. Yeah. Uh, and we go to, we as a citizenry get charged with felonies and we, as a citizenry go to prison and then we uh, have our future limited. You know, you can't have the professional license that I hold and have a felony. They'll, they'll revoke your license. Doesn't matter that you went to school. Doesn't matter that you passed the test. None of that background matters. You know, They don't care. You cannot have it if you're a felon. Impossible. Yeah. Uh, So she, Bertie Greiner, tried to use her fame and wealth to get away with a crime. And I'm sure that she's gotten away with it before.
0: Oh, Uh, yeah. Because
1: I would never bring uh, marijuana (laughs) or paraphernalia
0: onto a plane. Well, so I did. I did though. I did. But it was, but it was a domestic flight, mm-hmm. and it was a and it was a vape cartridge. And the only way to know if it's marijuana in there or tobacco is to take a big old fat rip off that vape. Like you don't, like it doesn't smell like weed, right? Doesn't you know? And it's like, but I, but you know what I did that Brittany didn't do, or maybe Brittany did. I don't know. I don't know her. Is I researched? Are, does the TSA are they going to care about a vape? Like as long as you're not smoking it on the plane, they don't have the time to check every single vape cartridge if it's tobacco or weed. You sure. know what I mean? Like they just don't have the time. Um, and if it's not going to harm the plane, like who cares? You know, right. it's a felony. I, I don't know. Is it a felony to smoke a cigarette on a plane? Even like there's lots of things that are like not know. not good to do on planes. And I wasn't bringing it to smoke it on the plane. You know, right. it was just we were gone. Um, down to St. Louis for a wedding. And it was like, Hey, you know, whatever. Uh, but I brought it there and I brought all my pipes and my pipe tobacco and everything. Um, and I would just put it all together and put it through and they're like, Oh yeah, okay. He's got pipe tobacco pipes. And I went and I smoked my pipe on the balcony of the place we were staying. And it was great because it was like middle of winter here, but it was like 60 degrees there. Uh, but I did the research, you know, and I, I looked at what the risk would be and what the, you know, the punishment would be for the risk and if it was calculated or not. And I was like, you know what? The worst they're going to do is like toss it in the trash. So it's not, I'm not going to get sentenced to nine years in the gulag. Um, but now if I were flying overseas, no. And if I'm flying to fucking Russia, absolutely not. I'm not even going to bring like a book that talks about weed. You know what I mean? Right. Right.
1: Um, I, uh, I have an interesting story. I think I told you. I'm not sure if I talked about it on the podcast. You're but I went on an international flight about my lighter. Yeah,
0: yeah, you talked about it on the podcast. But you oh, can okay, say yeah. it again Cause Cause it's relevant. Story. It's it relevant. is relevant.
1: It is relevant. And uh, like I say that uh, when I first got on the plane in mine, it to go all the way to India. That guy grabbed my ball sack because the TSA agent knew that once I got on that plane, I wasn't leaving the airport. Basically for 36 hours. So he made sure I did not have anything on me at all that was illegal. And the lighter yeah. was perfectly okay in the States. It was perfectly okay in France. It was okay in the Netherlands when I came back. But when I got to India, they pointed a the gun right in my fucking face when they found that lighter on me. And I wasn't even, I didn't even hide it. I just put it in the ashtray or whatever. With a little, yeah. you know, tray. And he did not like that I had a lighter (laughs) at all, obviously. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's not an issue with a domestic flight, Uh, but it is there. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, that was probably what pre, not, I wouldn't say maybe, it might've been pre-internet days, but it was probably early internet days where people weren't really talking about literally everything.
1: It was uh, pre what the internet is now. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I, know. I mean no like, method to find out the rules, yeah. of Indian, Air and I Force think that's what makes man.
0: like the uh, the Britney Grenier thing. It's like one, you're a WNBA star, and two, you can even ask Siri or Alexa, and they'll probably bring you back the answer. A marijuana laws in Russia are stricter than you want to mess around with, you know.
1: And also, now this is on top, so I'm I'm building the case of why I don't really feel bad for. We have very harsh marijuana laws already in parts of the country, in parts of the country, because it's all dependent on the states. Uh, Every state's got their own rules. Uh, Also, there's other people who are Americans in Russian prison for bringing marijuana into the country. We don't give a shit about them because they're not rich and they're not famous. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way it is. So my sympathy is very limited as far as her being a lawbreaker. Now I don't think marijuana should be illegal and I think it's bullshit that people get charged for anything related to marijuana. Yes. Uh, So I, I do think it's, it's, I think it's a lot of crap, but the fact that they're trying to, uh, they're trying to trade international arms dealers for a fucking basketball player,
0: and that's then what the, I was going to say. The
1: other people in prison, like they don't matter because they don't. Yeah, is uh, is uh, typical of the Biden administration, and the, you know the 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 cultural zeitgeist of the United States is trash. Yeah,
0: and I would say, and I'm no I'm no huge Biden fan, and I'm no huge Trump fan, and I'm no huge Obama fan, and I'm no huge Bush fan, and all the way back. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily fair to blame Biden. For I'm not blaming intrinsically. No, I know, but it's But I think it's the like you said, the cultural. Like it's our culture. We don't care that you know, so and so went over there and is serving their eight eight and a half year of their nine year sentence, or maybe they got twenty years because they're not a WNBA star, you know, and they were just there and they got caught with weed and they're still rotting in the prison there, or they're doing manual labor, or who knows what they're doing. Um, but all those people are just going to be stuck there and they're going to trade somebody who's an arms dealer or like a legit confirmed terrorist. I don't know which, you know, but it's like, I was reading, they were talking about trading this one guy and I'm like, just that guy doesn't like, no, like, no, that's not a fair trade. We don't need more. We don't need more WNBA stars in America. We don't, we don't even need more NBA stars in America. Okay. Yes. Like what good do they do to the country? Nothing. It allows the government to give you entertainment that then you are worried more about, you know, your, your sports ball team than you are about losing losing uh, the Miranda rights being read to you. Um, it makes you care more about that because you're fighting with your neighbors and your family about your favorite sports ball star. Um Oh, I mean,
1: the news loves to talk about the latest trans athlete that's playing in some chicken shit sport that the local governing body will, you know, decide, you know, it's yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I'm just saying like, I agree with you that like, it's, it's absolute bullshit to be brought down on marijuana of all, of all of the drugs out in the world. Marijuana, uh, is a really like lame thing to vilify but on the other hand, just because you're a WNBA star and more than 12 people know your name because you've you know played professional sports ball, doesn't put you above the other people that are currently serving time in Russia for the same offense. And how many how many arms dealers or terrorists do we have in prison here that we could trade for every single one of them back? You right. know, if if Biden doesn't come back and say, we want Britney and we want all the other people that are on marijuana charges and then you get your one arms dealer back because you have to do like you have to calculate it out like one arms dealer is not equal to one WNBA player. I don't think because the arms dealer is going to go provide more arms for the fucking Russians or mob bosses or whoever the fuck like who cares and the WNBA star is going to like shoot a basketball well high into a hoop so it's not the same like collateral damage so then give us all of the weed people back give us all your stoners back russia and you can have your arms dealer see i I want to
1: disagree with your statement that marijuana is no big deal because federally marijuana is a schedule one drug which means that it has no viable use according to the federal government so let's not be hypocritical here according to the federal government which the biden administration could change Today, marijuana has no no use, no use well, according to them. And we all know that's it's, a bunch of shit. Well,
0: it's we a little late in the day uh, for them to make it legal today, but uh, maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow might be a good day.
1: And he, yesterday was the right day, you know what I mean? Yes. But all the same. Well,
0: I guess, you know, here's the question then. So if, if they trade, I don't know, is, is arms dealing, is that like a war crime? I would say it's like it's up there probably. I don't know. You know, I I, I
1: would think it would be, but I don't know. You're in kind of in that. uh, No, I know. (laughs) But, But like, like, so when you say,
0: when you say arms dealer, right. You're not thinking like the guy at Dick's Sporting Goods selling you a shotgun. This is somebody who provides like guns to cartels and terrorist groups and paramilitary organizations that do, you know, less than savory things.
1: Right. Okay, they're they're so arming terrorists. They're like a so we're, so we're on the same page Bank with that, or
0: whatever. Yeah, um, so we're on the same page with that. And there was a point that I had, but I don't remember now what it was. Um, but like, it's not a nice guy that they're that they're letting out. Oh, here's what I was going to say: is if you're giving, you know, a terrorist enabler their freedom to go back to Russia, couldn't you make the argument then? If you're doing all of this to get a, a pothead out of Russian prison, wouldn't that say that the federal government kind of just legalized pot? Like, what? What's the other reason? Like, they don't care about any one single American citizen that much because there's other American citizens over there, you know?
1: Right. It's like I say, the United States is—they has, has, don't have a position to defend as far as Russia arresting a basketball player for smuggling drugs into their country. Uh, what would happen to a Russian national that did the same here? You know? It's it's hypocritical. It's hypocrisy at the highest point.
0: If they were a Russian WNBA star, you you can damn well be sure that Putin would want them back, but if it was just a random Russian citizen, probably probably not. Probably not. So. And that's probably the biggest issue, the biggest gripe of the whole thing. I saw a really long Facebook post, and I kind of stopped reading after the first sentence or two because it was like, here's an open letter to Brittany Grenier from a bunch of Vietnam vets. And, you know, and it was uh, those kind of people get all super preachy about we served the United States and you smoked pot and you play basketball, but we served the United States and, you know, you fucked up and we didn't. And, you know, and it's like, but that's not, it's not the same thing. Like, going to Nam and napalming a bunch of, like, locals and then getting blown up because the government didn't have a plan to, like, win the war isn't the same thing as just trying to enjoy a plant that grows in the ground. And Vietnam is also not Russia, so you're really not even making any good comparisons. You're just trying to, like, bring up your fucking Vietnam bullshit again. Uh, But, you know, it's always the same thing with these like Vietnam, not Vietnam, but like the super rah-rah. We talked about the Blue Lives Matter people and it's the people that, um, and I found that a lot of the people that are like, well, people actually served in Nam and they served in Afghanistan and they served here and there. And then you're asking, oh, okay, well, that's nice that you're supportive of the troops. You must have served, right? And they go, no, I never served. Well, then why you got the huge fucking boner for serving? Like you never served. You don't know what it's like. Nobody I've ever talked to that served. Has a huge United States military complex boner, you know, and they want—they probably want Brittany free just as much as the next WNBA fan. Um,
1: well, talking about the the Super Patriots is a totally different topic. Um, yeah, but I feel like no, those are the ones that
0: kind of like. But you can't ever, ever ever really say that 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 Vietnam letter that I read online was it ever was it even written by a Vietnam vet? Probably not. Probably not.
1: You know, if you know, he
0: talked, you could talk to anybody, a Vietnam vet, and be like, who, you know, hey, what do you feel about Brittany Grenier? And they'd be like, who are you talking about? Like, I don't know that person. Right. Well, I know we talked
1: about this before off air, but my dad was a veteran and he was a Vietnam vet. And he was in for 30 years and he's, he was a part of seven active conflicts. He's got seven conflict badges and all yeah. his friends were all military, all of them growing up. Yep. And none of those guys were rah-rah America-type people because they all knew how fucking corrupt it was. And they did their time. Uh, yep. They chose to stay in the military, and but they their eyes were opened to the corruption in the system Yes, uh, because of their time in the military. And, uh, for instance, my dad hates Donald Trump, didn't vote for him. Uh yeah. hates George Bush didn't vote for him because they were draft dodgers. Yeah. hates Bill Clinton didn't vote for him because they were draft dodgers. And they're all that age where being a draft dodger for my dad was a no, absolutely would not vote for you, you know, no matter what. Yeah. And, uh, again, he's not like these, uh, has a Trump sticker on the back of their thing, make America great again, blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. I think a lot of that flag waving is, uh, bullshit. It's all calm. You know, it's it's com- it's it's overcompensation.
0: Yeah. So what do you um so what do you think about draft dodging? Uh I mean I
1: probably would have been a draft dodger. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I uh, I think
0: I think I think um if you have money and status it's a lot easier to draft dodge without uh, any negative repercussions. Right because you can come up with whatever excuse you want or need. Um, for me, I don't really want to go and fight in a war. Like, that's not on my that's not on my bucket list. Um, and I know, like, a lot of people, well, if you know, if there's any veterans listening, they'll be like, wow, that wasn't on my bucket list either, and you sound like an entitled, like, you know, millennial, and you want your avocado toast, and you don't want to go, like, have to look another man in the eye and kill him. And it's like, well, I don't want avocado toast, but I also don't want to go kill another person. Like, it's not, not one of my life goals. And I'm not saying that anybody who's served that, 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 that was one of their life goals. I mean, there's different senses of duties and things. Uh, But because of like my medical condition, being a diabetic, I'm never going to see like frontline combat level stuff anyway, even if I were drafted. So it's not really, I don't really feel like I can talk about draft dodging and the draft in any kind of meaningful way, because even if I got drafted, they'd put me somewhere else, you know?
1: Right. Well, we're both to the age now where you're... T- I don't think you can be drafted anymore. And I am very close to not being able to be drafted anymore.
0: See, the day so I was able to be drafted, they sent me a fucking card in the mail and I had to fill it out. And if I'm too old to be drafted now, I'm, where's my card? Saying, congratulations, you made it. Um, right, right. I think that's just bad form on the United States government. I still have my selective service my card. card. I still have the physical I, I'm card. I'm sure I've got mine somewhere.
1: Yeah. I just found it. My mom gave me a bunch of papers... Um, from there, safe to put into mine, and okay. uh, she kept it for me all these years. Uh, I know that my dad told me not to join. He, uh, when uh, I turned seventeen or so, he had the talk with me about not joining the military. Even yeah. though he was like lifetime military, he's like this is. He was very against the uh, the uh, invasion of Afghanistan and Iraq. He was strongly against it. Uh, yeah. And he worked for the military his whole life. So, you know, if that guy's against it, it's probably a bad idea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I feel like our, and we haven't had a war for a long time, heavy, heavy air quotes. Um, we haven't declared war in a very, very long time, but we've had lots of wars. Right. But every, every, every war, every altercation or every, whatever they call it now, instead of war, just like they don't call it a uh, depression, they call it a recession or they'll call right. it like a, a slight down tick or yeah, whatever, not, you know, whatever it is. Um, but whatever all the they Vietnam call them. the Vietnam
1: vets I knew, uh, which were all my dad's buddies, and even some of them school teachers were all t- trying to tell us not to join the military after September 11th. Yeah. Because they could see the I mean, writing on the wall.
0: Whatever, whatever it is that they call the what what you and I would call a war, they seem to have been getting less and less and less like justifiable. Right. Uh, as, as we move along.
1: I don't know. Uh, we haven't really had a justifiable war since World War II, probably. Arguably, World War II. Well, and some and people there's... would argue even that wasn't justifiable from the American perspective.
0: Yeah, a lot of people would argue that, and I think... I think it's kind of like some of the other stuff that we talked about, where it's like the history has been uh, colored by time and other people talking about it, you know, because everybody was like, well, World War II was like the last, like, great war, like the last, like, really good war, you know, and there was like good stories that came out of it, and there was like real acts of bravery, and there was, you know, and we, we were fighting for a reason, you know, like why we had to overthrow the Nazis, you know, and, and but that's not why we joined. No. The war. Like, we didn't join the war to overthrow the Nazis.
1: Well, we joined the war effort long before we physically joined the war effort. We, we were selling yes. munitions well, the, for years. Well, the
0: same as the Ukraine-Russian thing.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Um, well, you know, we're not but selling
1: them. I mean, we're giving them away. That's the For run. free. For free. For free. We, we've spent enough money in Ukraine to solve homelessness in the United States for fuck's sake.
0: About the self homelessness and the student loan crisis. <laughs> um, I don't know
1: about the student loan crisis. That's
0: but, that's a trillion but here's dollars the thing: right there, like but. if we're if we're giving, we're just giving all these like missiles and things. Just uh, here you go. Uh, and I, you know what? I haven't really heard any Republicans like be against that. But right. here you want to wipe the slate clean on all the student loan debt, and the Republicans are up in arms. Up in arms, and it's like if you would have even just put. What you gave to Ukraine and the bailouts to corporations into student loans, even if you're not wiping it clean for everybody, everybody's much happier. Our economy is much better. Everything's better here. Oh, yes. I,
1: I, uh, out of my friend group, uh, I paid off my student loans and I have one other friend who paid off his student loans but everybody else who's my age or our age pretty much has student loans and a lot of them, but mm-hmm. a lot, we're talking a car payment, minimum a car payment worth a month. Yeah, And that's serious business. You know, when you're talking about $600 a month, $700 a month.
0: The student loan companies don't care. They want what they want. And you don't really have much recourse.
1: No, you can't, you can't. Bank. If, so you, if you went, if you went, sure. if
0: you went private, like the, the federal loans have a lot of different options and I would say are, are, very good with the repayment plans and all of that. But the private loans, they don't care. They don't care about anything.
1: Right. Uh, can you, um, cons- can you still consolidate, uh, the private loans to a federal loan or was that only no. for a short period of time? You can't I know... mix them.
0: You can't mix and match. I don't think.
1: Under when Obama was president there for like a year, I know that you could consolidate all of your loans, including private loans, into a federally backed loan. At 6.8% interest, of course. And uh, I knew I know that was going on years ago. This was obviously years ago. I, I never did. I was so close to paying them off at that time that I just, uh, I just paid them off and didn't worry about it. Uh, I know I had four loans in total. It's weird how they break it up because they can break it up every year or by semester or however they want to do it. Yeah,
0: mine are broken up by semester. Yeah, that's fucking insane. It's not good. But uh, I was looking up to keep it on Russia, I guess, how corrupt Russia is versus how corrupt the Ukraine is, and I think they're only separated by about like four points on the corruption scale of whatever this scale is that this, you know, organization ranks com- uh, rank- ranks countries on, um, you know. And so when, when Russia first invaded Ukraine, everybody was rah, 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 we stand with Ukraine. And it's basically, you know, saying, ah, rah, 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 we stand with uh, one mob group over another mob group um, or one, you know, like drug cartel over another drug cartel. So it's not really, I mean, it's still bad I guess but I mean we're giving all of this like money and weapons and it's a corrupt country it is
1: it's I mean and people were shouting from the top uh, you know from the embankment saying they're corrupt as shit and then people were you know booing them down
0: yeah uh, you, you know, hate human naysayers. life
1: yeah it's like yeah uh, Ukraine's the most corrupt country in Europe right supposedly yeah that was what they were saying
0: uh, yes, but that's, yeah. I guess to be, to be clear until like then to split hairs a little bit, the government is corrupt. That doesn't mean the average everyday citizen is necessarily corrupt.
1: No. Yeah, of
0: course. So it's still, you know, it's still, if Russia is committing war crimes, you can't say, well, they don't count if it's a corrupt country. It only doesn't count if they're only committing war crimes against politicians. Um but if you're doing it against citizen the citizens they didn't really ask for that
1: well we've talked about this before you know i know enough to know that i don't know what the fuck is going on because we don't hear any russian news sources we only yeah. hear american propaganda
0: would well, uh, be a full time it'd be a full time job to try and get down to the bottom of or you would have had to have already had an intimate knowledge of the russian ukrainian crimea whole history right, right. like if you our- if you specialized in that era and in that inter inner um, national like politics of those that, that region you could probably very easily and succinctly tell the average person you know you and me like what's going on but for you or I to try and figure out what's going on, that'd be hours and hours of, of research.
1: I don't even know if it'd be hours. I don't even at the end of hours and hours, I don't know if we would even know then. There's so much disinformation. Um
0: Yeah, but I'm just saying like, you know, in general it would take a couple hours to try and figure out where else you need to look to figure out what you need to figure out. So like even just the initial like what do I need to know? session of finding things out is too, too much time for me to like dive into it. Right. And not, not to say that it's not worthwhile, um, to figure out why people are dying. It's just, I don't have the time. Well, I mean,
1: we don't have any control over it and it doesn't matter. Well, and that too, or, or there's no method to, to do anything about it. Uh,
0: No, and we talked last episode about uh, protests, and protests don't really change much. Um, No,
1: think of Black Lives Matter and, you know, a good portion of uh, Minneapolis burned to the fucking ground, and what has
0: changed, meaningfully changed. Absolutely nothing. They had this huge, big cry to defund the Minneapolis police. Uh, As far as I know, they're still funded.
1: They haven't even done major overhauls in how they're structured or their training regimen differences nope. or anything, you know. So,
0: And this is what I wanted to ask you last episode, and, um, and I didn't because we were talking about other things. But uh, if protesting doesn't work, outside of, you know, grabbing a, a buzz headline or something, because um, we talked about Occupy Wall Street not changing anything, and we talked about you know some of the other protests that haven't changed anything uh, how how does the average citizen then enact change
1: uh, I mean I don't know if that's an appropriate topic to talk about in public you know what I mean uh.
0: <laughs> let's let's say within the legal perusal of the Constitution uh, within the legal perusal
1: of the Constitution, it's very difficult because uh, if you look at the history of the United States, at least to my knowledge and my understanding of it, there's never been major societal changes without death and yeah. violence. So yeah. if you look at the initial Roe versus Wade decision back in 72, that came as the end result of thousands of women dying in back alley abortions and the public outrage that that caused was uh, responded to by legalizing abortion in a back way because politicians then were just as corrupt and foolish as they are now. But yeah. Uh,
0: and so, that's
1: kind of what has to you know, that's that's what I mean by that, you know. Well yeah. Bad yeah. things have to happen consistently over time. So do more so are structured
0: s- to change. Are you saying that the politicians that overturned Roe v. Wade just forgot or didn't have their aides uh, bother to look up how roe v wade came into being like are they are they legitimate legitimately telling the american population they want more women to die before they'll do anything else with the abortion thing
1: i think so i don't think they care you know it's been long enough in the past to where the only people who remember it are the women who were of age in 72
0: well and we and we know that history can very very easily be co-opted by somebody else Absolutely. With, uh, so, as as your you pronunciation, know. Sakakawea. Yes. Or uh, even the fifty-star American flag. Those are are two different things that kind of got uh, romanticized over time. Yes. Because nobody stood up and stopped them from making history their own, or from flat out fucking lying.
1: Well, this is. There's been talk for years amongst Republicans of overturning uh, the Borders Rights Act and of yeah. overturning the various rulings that ended segregation and things like that. Because the people who were affected by that negatively aren't alive anymore. Yes. Mostly, My mother remembers before Roe versus Wade, but she's old now. You know, there's not a lot of those people left anymore. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of them have turned very sour. Uh, as a result of their lifetime experience, and they don't really care about young people, for the yep. most part. In my, you know, at least in, from what I see, <laughs> you know, they don't give a shit.
0: Yeah, and most politicians uh, are so old that they don't even remember what it was like to be young. Uh, but I did see right. somebody was uh, suggesting an 18-year term limit on the Supreme Court.
1: That would be interesting.
0: Did you see that?
1: No, I did not.
0: Okay I, I don't uh, remember I don't remember who, but somebody was uh, somebody in the government, and I think they might have even been a Republican, was um, kind of offering up the idea of putting turn limits on Supreme Court justices
1: uh, it's it's a well-known secret that a lot of the members of government, including Supreme Court, are borderline senile. Yeah, you know there's some that are senile uh, Diane Feinstein or Feinstein comes to mind and uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. At the end was pretty commonly known to be kind of not with it anymore yeah uh joe biden obviously right and they're just so old and yeah. it's you know not a slam on old people i mean it kind of is who are experienced now it's not it's just <laughs>
0: no. your I mean, mental faculties
1: like- aren't all there there's a reason why you don't see 75 year old fucking uh, architects building buildings, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, no, I mean I, so it's, it's, like, there's it's a, a reason for that. <laughs> it's a it's a
0: slam on old people only in the sense that everybody knows as you get older, like there's there's a, a a phase in your life when you're you're cresting up to your peak, and then there's a phase in your life where you're coming back down from that peak. Okay, right. And that's that's that could be physical, it could be mental, it could be both. Everybody knows knows that
1: elderly drivers are terrible.
0: And if you're old, (laughs) what do old people always tell young people? We've got more wisdom because we've lived longer than you. Well, then fucking realize when you're too old to be a a politician. Realize when you're too old to work and just fucking go and play Scrabble or Mahjong or whatever the fuck it is. Um, Right. But
1: yeah, there's a reason why you don't see 75 year old police officers or 75 year old firemen. Because they have physical
0: aptitude tests and they don't do that for government officials.
1: Right. I mean, I'm a supporter of changing the driving license laws to where you have to take minimum the written test every five years. Or I would not really do the written test, more of like an eight-hour refresher course every five years.
0: Yeah, maybe don't make, it, don't make it a test. Just It's a refresher course. Uh, and I yes. think it's after you hit a certain age. After you know, and I think and, and I and I honestly believe see, and I this, don't think it
1: should be after a certain age. I think it should be every five years.
0: So or you know, pro- at, you know, that probably is be better.
1: You take it and then at twenty five and then at thirty and so on and so forth. Yeah, see, I mean I I'm fine, fine with course.
0: that. Um yeah. because a lot of people don't know the little stick on the side of their steering wheel activates a blinker, a turn signal. Uh but it's right. A lot there. of people don't know how to drive you in a know, roundabout.
1: A lot of people don't know how to take a fucking left turn on a road that has a flashing yellow arrow.
0: Very firm, firm, uh, belief that if you cannot run for president at the age of 18, then you shouldn't be able to run for president after the age of 65. Okay. If you can put a, if if you
1: 65, I would say more like 70, 75, but yeah,
0: let's just say, I mean, let's just say like, if you're going to put a minimum cap on that thing, because you can vote at 18. So if you can't run for every office and you're putting a cap and you're limiting people and they're able to vote for something they can't participate in, you need to put an upper cap on that too because when you get to retirement age, and and this isn't true for politicians because they're like the wealthy class. They're the elite ruling class. They're a whole different thing. But when most people get to retirement age, they don't care about minimum wage laws in the sense of they just don't want them because it takes away from their Medicare somehow. You know what I mean? Like, they don't care about the young people thing anymore. They don't care about the productive members of society anymore. And I'm not saying they're not productive being retired. I'm just saying that their focus is on something completely different in their life than most other younger people. And everybody always tells young people, hey, you're going to be the change in our world. Well, then fucking retire and let me be the change. Don't stay in your position. Don't stay in your office and keep me the fuck out of it. Like, if you want me to be the change, step aside and let's let's get this done. But you can't because they all have lifetime pensions and they have lifetime health care and a different healthcare pool than the rest of the fucking America. And there's no age out. You're never too old to be a wealthy ass hat.
1: Right. And I, <clears throat> I talked to a retired person who was obviously older and we were talking about minimum wage and, uh, this person was getting very upset because they were hiring for whatever an hour at the gas station and yeah. she just couldn't understand it because, you know she retired at this wage and she started at this wage and all this sort of stuff, you know, and I'm like, uh, the minimum wage is going to rise forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Inflation is going to continue for as long as we have a dollar. Yes. And it needs to be whatever an hour to be competitive and that's just the way it is. Yeah. And then her response was, what well, do you want? 50, $50 an hour minimum wage. And I looked at her and I said, eventually, if we still have the dollar, it will be fifty dollars an hour minimum wage. Yep. That's how the economy works, right? If you were to go back into seventeen seventy-six and or eighteen hundred, let's say, and say minimum wage was going to be seven seventy-five an hour, they would have laughed in your face, right? So yes. eventually, it will for, be fifty dollars for, an hour. Well, for, yeah. for
0: multiple for multiple reasons, but we went off of the gold standard, right? Right. And so at least when we had the gold standard, the dollar value was tied to something other than the whims of our government or how much money they decided to print because they had to like back every dollar printed with that value in gold in the federal reserves.
1: Right. My salary now was worth a lot more five years ago than it is now. I can tell you that.
0: Well, we've had 9% inflation, the highest inflation right. in 40 years. And most, oh, most corporate people are like, ecstatic over the moon if they get a 3% cost of living increase three, 3%. And that's considered good. Oh, I know
1: two and a half is considered uh good. Like, and that's we've, good and we've had,
0: and even before this eight and 9% inflation, we had five and 6% inflation every fucking year. And less than half of that is considered good. That's not, that's not, that's not good. That's not a cost of living increase. That's like not even staying the same. That's sliding slowly backwards. I
1: know hey, we, uh, at my job, we got a, like, 7.5% increase during COVID. Yeah. And they were pumped, you know. It's like, it's good. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not upset.
0: No, it's better but than it's other not things. Not exactly.
1: Yeah, it's better than going down. <laughs> but it's not exactly...
0: It's not keeping it's not you exactly whole. A,
1: yeah, it's not exactly equivalent of what the wages were like in the 70s, right? <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's people people who have done research and uh, figured out, you know, when like the boomers went to college and they only had to work maybe, I don't know, seven or 10 hours a week and they could afford cost of school, cost of living, cost of food, and cost of driving and still had some left over for fun. Like, you know, seven to 10 hours a week of work at minimum wage. And today, you have to work maybe 60, 70 hours a week just to afford school. That doesn't include housing or food or driving right. or anything, you know, so. Well, um, uh, this was
1: a couple of years back, but one of my uh, former apprentices got into an argument with somebody and he texted me. So I went and involved myself with a stupid conversation and I looked up the facts, the numbers. Yeah. And in ten years,
0: the price of college at the U of M had doubled. Mm-hmm. Had doubled in ten years. And, and minimum, minimum wage though, it's doubled, right, in the past ten years. Oh, it, no, oh that's the oh, thing that stayed no, the no, same no, no. for twenty-seven years or whatever.
1: It, it's not twenty-seven years. It went up when I was uh, nineteen, I think. It went up to. It went from four, like thirty-five or four fifty, up to seven seventy-five during the Bush administration. Okay. Uh. And, that, uh, that damn it's liberal. It's been there since then. It's been there since then. Well, yeah. I mean, when I my first job, I made six fifty an hour, and that was over two dollars an hour over minimum wage, and I yeah. was like, "Yeah, I got a great job as a teenager. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm making a third more than minimum wage." You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's. It's kind of weird, and of course, you know you can't hire people at minimum wage if you want good people.
0: That's yeah. the other thing I see people complain about. Well, but a lot of companies A lot of companies don't want good people, though. They don't care. Like they don't want good people. They'll complain about it. Well, they will complain yeah. about it, but they don't care. They've got like their own little insurance thing, and they got their own little things that they can make money off of that somehow. Um, but to kind of like bring us back. To Brittany to react, Griner because re- I
1: didn't hear what you had to say. What's that? I didn't hear what you had to say about Brittany Griner. Oh yeah, being yeah, a way yeah, off topic.
0: I know, but I'm a little halfway over <laughs> uh, with my cigar, so I wanted to do a little cigar check, and then I'll oh, talk see, about. I, uh, I'm I'll a, talk about. I have a third left, probably. Well, okay. This has I'm... been a good cigar. It's been good. I've been, I, you know, I probably am is probably right there with you on the on the thing. Um, I'm over halfway, so that probably means I've got about a third of it left. Um, but really good. It hasn't it hasn't changed a whole lot, but I think the slightly lighter wrapper and the less intense tobacco has made this a lot smoother of a smoke, in my, my opinion. Yes,
1: it's more of a... Uh, it hasn't changed. It's a little bit lighter. It doesn't have that nice cedar note.
0: No, it does that not. That the
1: uh, other one had. Um, but it's very pleasant. It's not remarkable, but it's very pleasant.
0: No, I, you know, I'd... Um... This would be a good lawn mowing one, I think.
1: I agree. Yeah, I think it's a good sit on the porch with a drink thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's know, uh, I would, you know, I would, I would actually rather smoke the the fuma than the uh, the edge.
1: Oh, I don't know if I'd rather smoke this. I, I think like it, it more in many ways, <laughs> but I think. I don't know if I'd rather
0: smoke it. I like it more, but I don't know if I'd rather smoke it. Uh, I, you know, I think it depends on what you're doing and, and maybe what you're drinking or, or whatnot. So.
1: Right, right.
0: You know, I mean, I'm drinking
1: it, a uh, whiskey sour right now. Yeah. And I it's think it's going it, very well.
0: I think if it's sour. a, uh, maybe a cooler night, you got a little fire going out in the backyard, grab the Edge Maduro. But I think like I if think, you want to- I think
1: the Edge Maduro would be good with a cup of coffee.
0: yeah. Uh, but if you're, you know, mowing the lawn or just drinking on the on the porch and, and shooting the shit, uh, this Fuma is really good in, in that sense. Yes. Like, it's not overly oh, remarkable, yes. but you don't necessarily need it to be.
1: No, you don't need it to be wonderful. It's just good enough. Yeah. it's. I mean, I shouldn't even say that. It's good.
0: It's good. It's and good. It's
1: well worth the money. I would, I would recommend if you're going to buy a like decent cigar for your humidor to have extra of. This is a good choice.
0: Yeah, for sure. you got twenty of them, so you know.
1: Right. Yeah, for a very re- reasonable price. So, I don't remember what I spent, to be honest. But yeah, it wasn't bad. Cheap enough for me to buy twenty.
0: Yes, and certainly <laughs> uh, less expensive than freeing a known arms dealer for a WNBA star. Oh my God! Yes. So my thoughts are: what are her? What are her stats? Is she sinking all of her shots? Uh, Well, she is
1: is a wife beater, uh, a known wife beater. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if you uh, looked into that or not. No, I didn't. She she does have a history of domestic violence, uh, apparently. Okay. Not that that affects her charges on marijuana in Russia, but...
0: Yeah, so I guess my initial initial thought, uh, without knowing the wife beating thing, uh, was... And and I had said this earlier, but, you know, we don't need another WNBA star running free in America. And we certainly don't need another wife beater running free in America. So it really doesn't affect my life in any way, shape, or form to keep her over there. Right. And I'd rather have the arms dealer in prison than running around Russia. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. We've got enough domestic violence already here, we don't need to add another another we don't one need to, to that. It. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need the Russian variety, the Russian prison variety. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um you know, so like I mean, what do you think like everybody has kind of made her into this like American hero now.
1: It, that always happens, doesn't it?
0: But she broke the the law over there. And yes. you, you don't have to agree with the law over there, but we're all American voters. We can't we can't change the Russian laws. You we know? can't even change our own laws. We, yeah, well, that's true, too. But, <laughs> you know, like, what, what are we going to do? Like, why is it such a big deal? She got busted. She broke the fucking law. She had the entirety of human knowledge in her fucking pocket on her cell phone, and she didn't bother to look up Am I gonna get absolutely destroyed for nine years if I bring weed into this country? Like, not not a lighter. Weed. Like that's, you know, you don't even inter- If you're flying international, you probably don't even want to bring just tobacco over. You don't want to bring any any uh, like going like so like driving into California. They actually stop you at the border and ask if you have any produce in the car. Like, that's how fucked up California is. So it's like, you're not even going to bring a lemon in your carry-on to Russia. Like, you don't you don't bring foreign produce or goods of any type. You know, tobacco, cotton, weed, LSD, bananas. You know, you just don't do that. You don't bring that kind of stuff into foreign countries unless you are absolutely certain of the laws.
1: You don't travel with a lot of that stuff. Between states,
0: I—that's the whole let point. Let alone
1: countries. I mean, that's the whole point. Let alone countries. I—I uh, I truly believe, and I do not know this for a fact. It is just something that I think, uh, and I do believe it. That she thought that her wealth and fame would protect her, no matter what, and yeah. it didn't. And she got caught with her pants off, so to speak. And she is paying the unfortunate consequence of that.
0: Yeah. And her, her wife, right, wrote a uh, like a sob story letter to Biden. And then I remember like Biden didn't respond like instantaneously. And then the wife was like crying foul to the media. Like, oh, I wrote a letter 20 minutes ago and Biden hasn't gotten back to me. And, you know, one, your wife broke the fucking law in a foreign country. So that's on her too. I don't know if Biden's the busiest man in America, but he's got a lot on his plate, regardless of if you like him as a person or politics or whatever. Like you've seen those pictures of presidents when they're sworn in and presidents, when they leave the office, they've aged like 80 years in that, in that four year span. So there's like, I know there's stress there. I don't know what it is, you know, maybe it's like, how many of my friends can I give kickbacks to and stuff? But like, but there's stress there. Like, whatever that stress is, like, it's not an easy, like, walk in the park job. I'm not trying to make excuses for you know, really bad presidents and politicians in general because they all suck. But you can't think that somehow because your wife broke the law in a foreign country that the president of the United States is going to drop everything else and and free your spouse because she plays basketball in a women's league. And, and it would right. be the same thing if, like, uh, I don't know, because Kobe Bryant died, but I don't know another, like, NBA star. But it wouldn't matter if it was an NBA or WNBA or tennis or golf or pickleball or whatever, you know, baseball. They went over there and broke the law. I can't, like, what do you think the president is supposed to do? Like, they weren't ambushed on the— um, what was it, the Lusitania or something? Lusitania. Lusitania. Um, you know, like they weren't caught up in something. They just actively broke the law. Right.
1: And it's hard to, I mean, I don't know how, I don't know Brittany's travel regimen, but when I start packing for a trip, I start with a completely empty suitcase.
0: <laughs> and I yeah, and then you do underwear. Underwear first. <laughs> I gotta have enough underwear. I'm gonna. I'm right. on a three. I'm on a three-day trip, but I'm packing enough underwear in case I ship myself for ten days straight. I still got a clean one. Right. It's like I've never shipped myself for ten days straight, but goddamn, I'm going for three days. Better have eleven pairs of underwear.
1: My big thing is extra socks and extra, like at least one extra pair of shoes, just in case yeah. I get into some crazy oil mosh soap. pit mosh pit situation. Yeah. yeah exactly. I do not want wet feet (laughs) for a trip. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, it's like, of course. Oh, it's accidentally in there. My ass. My ass
0: is accidentally in there. Yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. Uh, I My ass.
0: You know, and she basically owned up to it in the Russian court of law. And, you know, they were like, well, she had to sign all this stuff that nobody explained to her. She's in fucking Russia. They don't have the due process we have you brought in an illegal substance in Russia's eyes. They're not going to bend over backwards to make sure you have a translator for the fucking stuff you're signing. Like you need to find that on your own. Yeah. Like, but she went over there
1: to profiteer.
0: That's on profiteer, you. But
1: she went over there to make money. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, and it's just the way it is. You know, I, I work with guys that used to work in the Gulf and uh, yeah, you don't fuck around when you're in Saudi Arabia Working on an oil rig. You no. don't fuck around. You follow the rules. And, and they even co- said, like, Saudi Arabia set up little American villages, and you can buy liquor in the village. But if you leave that village drunk, you're getting arrested. So, yeah. you don't fuck all just, around,
0: right? This is common sense stuff.
1: Yeah. For us it is, but for her, being a wealthy <laughs> person, right?
0: That's being, what I mean, yeah. that's
1: really what I think. She's a wealthy person. Oh, yes. Who has a lot of power in our system. And she thinks that she thought she could away with anything anywhere. Because in America she can. You know, she can yeah. run somebody over on the road. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Not to
0: her. And not you to know. most of the American uh, governmental system, right? Oh no, you're a famous not, not to the wealthy people. Not famous not to sports the star. Clients. Who cares? Um you know, and that's the same thing. Like uh you know what? If you or I, I went over to Russia and we brought our weed vape pen over there and they caught us and then we got our one phone call from the gulag or whatever i don't know if they even give you one phone call uh, and we called their spouses and then both of our Sarahs wrote Joe Biden and said my god my husband uh, got busted on weed charges in russia you got to you got to save him that wouldn't even make it to Joe Biden's desk it wouldn't make it it wouldn't make it past his first aid. no his first it, it, you like, and his I, his first intern
1: to travel to Russia together. And for some reason, I brought a marijuana pen. I don't smoke marijuana. This is say I smoked I had a marijuana pen. Because you were with me, they'd arrest us both.
0: Yeah. And, and we'd be
1: conspirators. Yes. <laughs> and our wives'
0: <laughs> letters would go unanswered from the media yes. and from Biden. The only reason Biden answered it was because the media was in an uproar about it. And his, his uh, approval rating was dipping.
1: So he's got to be uh, pro marijuana, even though he signed the drug bill back in the day.
0: He's got to be Uncle right? Joe. He's, he's got to be Uncle he's, Joe.
1: He's uh, again. We have a president who has no position on this either. He's the drug warrior. He's old school Democrat.
0: He's a Dixiecrat. Yeah, and he hates he's abortion. More black
1: people in prison than you anybody know, else in
0: America. So he probably celebrated when the, when they overturned Roe v. Wade. But well, then yeah. now now for his public face, he's got to be, well, it's the greatest travesty. I'm not going to do anything about it, but it's a travesty. Yeah, you 15 know.
1: years ago, he was 100% against abortion. Hmm. So at you know, 65, he was against it. Now at 80, he's for it. I, that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, unless you have arthritis and you like, or not abortion, <laughs> but like weed, right? Like you have arthritis and you like the weed because it soothes your joints.
1: Oh, sure. I have an aunt who uh, caught blood cancer. I say caught, you know, ha, ha, ha. but she has blood cancer. Now she uses marijuana for the pain. And I'm guessing that she's pro-marijuana now. Probably, yeah. Probably. I'm guessing, since she's a user.
0: Probably not vehemently against it.
1: Probably not. I'm guessing her husband's not against it either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah or her children, right? But more and more of that will happen with that issue in America, I think. Yeah. Uh, But we'll see.
0: Well, it's it's easy to be against something until that something happens to you. Right. And then the thing that you were against ends up saving the day.
1: Well, that's a lot of issues in America, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, weed, abortion.
1: Gay marriage back in the day. I remember that one, too. Yeah, Nobody gave a shit about it until one more gay people came out and they're like, Oh, I know gay people. Of course you do. I'll be a fool.
0: Yeah. Every, everybody's <laughs> known them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Do you hate your cousin? Whoever? Like, no, I don't. All right. Well, let's not make that person's life worse.
0: <laughs> Did you, uh, one of, one of the funniest, I don't know, not one of the funniest memes, but a meme that I got a good chuckle out of was, uh, you know, the Greeks invented the orgy and, uh, the Romans, discovered that uh from the greeks and they were they were so excited because they realized you could actually add women to the orgies
1: (laughs) i did not see that that's good though (laughs) that is good the favorite meme i ever saw was the uh don't tax my lord my lord's worked hard for his money and they have like the serfs
0: you know oh yeah 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 (laughs)
1: I thought that was
0: a good one yeah my favorite it's like true feudal feudal kind of it's not a meme but uh from monty python and the holy grail when uh king arthur is riding through the countryside and there's like the two like english peasants just like slopping mud around yep. and uh and the guy's like well who are you he's like well i'm arthur i'm king of the brits king of the who you you're brits well i didn't vote for you <laughs>
1: Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, well, Monty Python's a whole nother We could have a whole episode about that.
0: We could have, like, probably a whole five episodes on that, but go on. Oh, I
1: was going to say that, uh, I always liked how they had the, uh, the horse trotting. Yeah, the, with the coconuts. Horse yeah. With the coconuts. It's just yeah. so stupid. What are, what are so those? Stupid.
0: Coconuts. Where do they come from? I don't know. Maybe a, uh, a sparrow brought him. European or African? What's the average airspeed velocity? <laughs> you got to know a whole big thing uh, about that. But it was funny because they didn't have to pay for horses or horse wranglers on the film. You know, like it was a good way around around things where they turned it into something highly inventive, uh, which a lot of movies these days don't do. But. Well, that's a separate
1: argument, too. I know yeah. you uh, are a lot more knowledgeable about this than I. But uh, CGI ruined a lot of wonderful effects and uh, inventive uses, in my opinion. Uh, What's your opinion on that?
0: uh, My opinion is practical effects are always better. Um, And you can do lots of crazy things. So my favorite film of all time is uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain. And it's uh, Hugh Jackman and Rachel Wise. And it's got the score by Clint Mansell and the Kronos Quartet. And it's just, it's fucking phenomenal because it deals with, uh, you know, most of Aronofsky's films deals with uh, obsession in in one way or shape or form or the other. Uh, And this one is kind of like the obsession of uh, dying or death or not dying, right? Like wanting to prolong your life and not being okay with with dying. But it's really crazy because it takes place in three different uh, time periods. Uh, Spanish conquistadors, kind of, you know, like the modern... Uh, time in the early 2000s and then far in the future where he's like flying uh, through space in a sphere that has a tree and the tree is alive and giving him oxygen and he's trying to reach uh, Shibalba which is uh, pertinent because it transcends back to the Conquistar days because the Mayans uh, believed in Shibalba as being their uh, afterlife so he's trying to go there, but he's got, so Aronofsky has all of these amazingly stunning visuals of space and of this uh, Shibalba being a, a, a galaxy or gas cloud or something and all of this phenomenal stuff. And so how he made all of those things, the background uh, plates, right, which normally you would do with CGI, you'd put the actor in front of green screen, and which is what he did. He put Hugh Jackman with this tree in front of a green screen. But instead of superimposing CGI, what he did was he went and took a microscopic, he he put his camera and attached it to a microscope, and he filmed bacteria and things, like, interacting with one another, and then he colorized it. He just colorized it. So you've got this, like, microscopic natural thing happening, and he's like, bam, that's my space, because it's fucking nature, and it's organic, And when you watch the film, it just, it doesn't look CGI. It looks different because it isn't CGI, but it's the micro projected at the macro, like at the hugest level possible. So you're seeing these like super, like tiny, almost atomic level interactions. And he's using that as the space background. Mm -hmm. And it just looks phenomenal. And you, if you did it with CGI, you would know, and you just, it wouldn't have the same impact because the whole movie is about life and death and you know like interactions between organisms
1: interesting i've never seen the film shocker i know but
0: <laughs>
1: that's good that's uh... but
0: i mean so that's you know like that's my st- that's my stance is and you can do great things with cgi but you can't but i think cgi is a, is a tool just like anything else like just like a different lens on your camera is a tool just like editing is a tool just like sound design is a tool like you can't expect it to carry the entire film. You have to have CGI plus story plus the other things. You can't just say, well, we're going to have uh, a bunch of people in front of a green screen and then we're going to fix everything else later and we'll put all this stuff in, you know, like you, I don't think you can do that. And um, the way they did the Mandalorian, uh, cause we watched a lot of behind the scenes stuff they used a video game engine and instead of attaching the uh like the the feel of focus or the point of view to you know the game controller they attached it to their their film camera and then they projected all of the background onto these big huge monitors so the actors actually saw the environment they were performing in and uh for perspective all the perspective was tied to the camera's location on the set. So they mapped everything out and they had, you know, like geolocators on the camera. So the camera, like the the pictures in the background would shift to match the camera much like a video game does when you're in like a first-person shooter or you're, like, you're roaming around, like the, the background shifts to your perspective as the player. And so sure. they just made the camera the player, but the actors could still see what was happening and they could project at a high enough resolution that it was realistic looking uh, so that you got all the ambient light from the monitors so you didn't have to go fix anything in post. It was almost as if they were actually there, but they were pushing technology further and further to the limit so you don't have to do the green screen stuff later. You can have the actors feel like they're in that environment and you can have the the ambient lighting reflect that environment that they're in because what the camera thinks is that you're actually in that environment. So. Sure. And and they sent the camera crews out with these crazy rigs to go film all these background things from all these different angles, so that they could, they could you know have everything be processed in real time. Uh, and I think That's that true. is vastly superior to CGI.
1: I've never even heard that. I didn't know yeah, that at
0: all. Yeah, it's phenomenal. But you can do crazy things with CGI, and you can do things that you could never ever possibly do. And it's opened up filmmaking to a lot of great, 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 great things but it's also opened the door to a lot of shitty things. So, um, you know, I'm for CGI if you know how to use it. Uh, but when I was in film school and, uh, we, we, it was right when, um, video editing became a thing on a computer. So it's was called nonlinear editing, which basically means you can go and jump around and edit wherever you want. Not, not like, um, with film where you have to like edit, in, in time, like in, in the linear story that you're filming, right? So you, you get the film reel and you want uh, Jack Nicholson to open the door to the Overlook Hotel. Well, you have to grab that film reel and edit that as it's happening, because you can't go back and like cut and paste things without making a cut and actually like taping the film together. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these uh, programs had uh, kind of presets. And I don't know if you do anything uh, computer-wise where it might have like a preset, or it's almost like a template, you know. So if you go to PowerPoint and you're like, ah, I need to make a presentation, there's a whole bunch of like templates that PowerPoint has and offers you. Uh, it's sure, the same it's thing. Go template. Yes, it's the same thing with film. Is uh, you can do it. You can do a preset, is what they call it, and it's like an effect that the program just builds in. Well, if you do any film editing. You know all those presets because you've played around with them just in your own free time. And uh, they're a great starting point, but that's the whole thing is it's a starting point. And if you don't make that preset into what you need for that time, everybody will look at it who knows film and knows film editing and say, oh, they're using the iMovie preset. Like, that's a, that's a preset. Like, they're not even, like, they didn't do anything. That's just a, a computer preset. So, and it's the same with CGI. Like, if you don't make it match what you need it to do, or if you don't use it in a way that is exactly how you intend it, and if you're just expecting that to carry a bad film, like it's not going to do that. It seems like a lot of
1: films do that. (laughs) Or try to do that. A
0: lot of films do do that. And I guess like the newest film that I'm excited to see, uh, because I've heard, well, I've heard a lot of like really great things, and then I've heard um, some maybe more grounded things, is the new Predator movie. Oh, Prey? Prey. And uh, I guess the, the character development is, is lacking, but it's it's got a competent director, and it's got some really great visuals, and it's got some good things. Um, but where it's kind of lacking, lacking is maybe like story and character development, but it's not as bad as some of the other, you know, story character development things where, you know, the, the female lead, because this one has a female lead. Uh, where the female lead is, like, just good from birth, right? And there's no training mm-hmm. required, and they can just go toe-to-toe with anybody. Um, but there's still, like, some shortfalls, I guess. I haven't seen it, but I'm I'm excited to see it because I guess it's a good film. It's not a great film, from what I've heard. Uh, but a lot of the news media is like, oh, it's the greatest Predator film since the first one. And it's like, are you all forgetting the second one? Because that one is pretty good, too. So,
1: Right. Yeah. There we go. I officially am done, by
0: the way. Oh, you're done. All right. right. I'm. Uh, uh, I've got maybe like an inch, inch and a half left. Uh, oh, but okay. I think, See, and
1: I, I put it down when it started to burn my hand. Okay, so, so I think... It was good all uh, the way we, to the end. Let's
0: do final thoughts, and then we'll wrap it up here. So uh, I think this one was much better than the other one, uh, which is surprising because this is a, a Fuma. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but you know what? I like this one better. And it's it might be personal preference, but I like this one. Uh, the other one's good, too. Setting.
1: It's also setting. The other one, uh, the main edge, would probably be better in winter, you know, I think.
0: I think so, too. Possibly. That's what I kind of thought, like a nice fall evening yeah. one. Yeah. Um,
1: um, this was very pleasant. Very I like this one fall. quite
0: a bit, quite a bit, so.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: All right. Well, uh, I think we've got a couple more uh, Rocky Patels in the future, but... Thank you for listening to our FUMA episode, and we will see you next time for episode 21. Have a good day.